Are you ready to go? Yeah, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a podcast and we yeah. do talk about movies and things like that. Should I just welcome people? Sure, let's do it. Welcome to Good Movie Monday. This is the weekly podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. My name is Glenn Cochran, but I prefer Glenn Cochran. That, that's a joke about people spelling the name with one M. Which... Uh... <laughs> I, I, oh, I spelt I spelt your last name incorrectly on the uh, the back of the Houseboat Horror Blu-ray booklet in the thank you section. How uh, dare you, oops, sir! I added an N. I I took I I added a I kept your two N's in your first name and added one to your surname. And of course, just to confuse IMDb. Of course, you are Ben with one N. I am Ben with one N, but I prefer to go by Grand Grandmaster Flash. Oh, okay. No, that's uh, no <laughs> gra- no Grandmaster B. That's Bud's. Uh, <laughs> That's Bud's uh, MC name in. I uh, thought you were grandfather. Married me. with children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I screwed that up. Oh well, that's okay. It's only uh, it's out there for the world to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How does it feel being a screw up? Oh, you know. Look, I've I've been doing it my entire life. So uh, mastered the art. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> How are things this week, mate? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Had a pretty good week. Got to see some. Uh, some interesting films. You and I have been uh, to quite a few movies this week. Um, no, I haven't been to as many as you've been to. Oh, I'm knackered. Can I say that? Like, you know, <laughs> it's a privilege to see movies all the time. Yes, it is. But tell you what, it takes it out of you when you work all day and then have to go into the city at night. And I don't get home till like, you know, 11 o'clock. Especially when you live as far out of the city <laughs> as you do. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, you know, I don't complain. It's but would fun. you ever, hmm. if you won <laughs> the Powerball, if you won the 40 mil, yeah. would you buy somewhere close to the city? No. no. Hell no! Well, I'd probably move further out, further and out. I'd build my own cinema, and I'd and just, just just get them to send you DCPs. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> if they said, well, look, you know, we can't do that. I'm like, well, you know, money talks. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you can. But would you still, if you won the forty mil, would you still work? I wouldn't work. I'd podcast you'd, you'd still. Podcast for yeah. sure. We'd have a fantastic studio. <laughs> we would have such a setup. You wouldn't want to leave. Well, that's. I was. I was. You can. Have, I'll build you a house. On the property. On the property. Well, yeah. that'd be fine. Because I was going to say, I was, I was trying to figure out how I'd break it to you that if I won the forty <laughs> mil, then no, well then we'd be podcasting out of my house. I wouldn't <laughs> be coming here. Like I'll set it up for you, mate. And you, I'll buy all the equipment, but you're coming here. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm well, not driving it out of your place. Just now. build close to me. But I always thought, oh yeah. Uh, but I also think that I would uh, also. I could just hire a driver. And then I wouldn't care. <laughs> I'd actually watch the movie I'm recommending in the back of the car <laughs> on the way. <laughs> I'd actually have to move further out so it's at least an hour and a half away. Yep. Yep. Well, no, we'll and work that, it out one day. Yeah. We'll, we'll get it there. Um, but anyway. Eventually yeah. we will win. Yeah. Mm. I hope you're still listening, uh, everyone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, uh, our social me- media platforms are Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And now on Threads. So go and check that out. Uh, our website is goodmoviemonday.com. And from there, you can just navigate your way all over those pages. I keep I keep bouncing off my mic here. I keep flicking it with my hand. I've got a new, not a new, but an old new kind of crane set up. Flicking that bean. And, uh, yeah. What? <laughs> I tried to keep it in. <laughs> I tried so hard. Oh, uh, we're going to have words in a moment. That's for sure. <laughs> 
Surely that's not gonna that's not gonna violate anything. That was nice. The Melbourne International Film Festival is creeping up on us for another year, kicking off on August third. And today we have a special guest who is one of the uh, the festival programmer, actually, Kate Fitzpatrick. We're gonna pick her brain about uh, the program. We're gonna talk about some of our favourites on the calendar. Just get all nerdish and all that kind of stuff. Of course, Jarrett will be up in a moment to talk about the important physical media news and the Bonehead Weekly Fun Size segment will be coming up too. But now, Ben, we need to talk. We need to talk about Ben. You have uh, you've had us kicked off social media twice this week. I have to say that there has been no actual proof that it was me <laughs> who did it. Well, I I who done it? I would I'd put money on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know on the, the TikTok one. Okay. they gave you a bit of audio, so maybe it was. Oh, it was definitely. So oh, was yes, de- yes, that's right. So the outrageous. First, first one was last week's show. You you made a reference that we're not going to repeat that. Um, yeah. violated some guidelines only on Facebook though. Like the podcast still exists. You can listen to it if you listen to the first ten minutes. You'll know what we're talking about. Um, but Facebook didn't like it. No, no. tisk tisk for shame. Yeah, and yeah. then um. You were I don't on, know what to say. You were a guest on Wednesday Up Late with myself and Chloe. <laughs> and you started talking about Orlando Bloom's big cock. Once again, my fucking I wasn't going to mention it. Notice I'm not saying it. No, you'd be you'd trying I've to... Turned, I'm trying to turn over a clean, a new leaf. <laughs> I'm, leaf? I'm, making, <laughs> I'm making Good Movie Monday PG. Right. Pretty well. good. <laughs> No fun when it's PG. Come yeah. on, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I want to. I want to test no, those. It's just going to be mate. like when they brought in the Hayes Code. It'll all just be double entendres and innuendos. <laughs> I need one and of those no actual those whistles. <laughs> no actual references. Kazoo. We need a kazoo on the show. So now, when we talk about Orlando Bloom, mm. then I'll say something like, uh, "You know, he needs extra loose pant legs." No, that's. I mean, that's <laughs> fun, I guess. But like, is it like? <laughs> just yeah. Hell for leather, mate. Go for it. Yeah, he's not quite. He's not quite. Uh, you're, you're busting. You're busting no. to say cock, aren't you? <laughs> I just I can't think of the the other guy's name. Who's the guy from Shame? Oh, Michael Fassbender. Yeah, he's yeah. no. Yeah, Orlando Bloom's no Michael Fassbender, <laughs> but he's close. Oh, and right. I'll just say so. That should be enough. He's no Tom Jones. You might say he's no Tom Jones. Right. Which I, 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 mean, I think I talked about Tom <laughs> you Jones. You did. On you did. It's not unusual to, for me to talk about Tom Jones and Tom Jones' appendage. Mm, what's new? <laughs> but yeah, look, we did. Uh, we got to a few screenings this week, which we're going to do a, a reaction video. We haven't done videos for a while, but if you are follow our social media pages, you will see us talk about them. I went and saw Barbie. You didn't get to see that one. No. Loved it. Thoroughly loved it. Like, it is a strange film. It's a, it's a film that I, I imagine, I mean, by the time this podcast drops there it may have come to a you know, eventuality but a lot of backlash i reckon from parents for this one because oh, it's, really? it's not a kid's film like it is made for adults kids can watch it it'll wash over them but like there's a there's a censored f-bomb in there which is clearly an f-bomb and they just put the mattel logo over the mouth of whoever says kids it. have never heard the f-bomb no um and it's all about like the, the message is it's about patriarchy and things like that right so barbie world is where the women rule and they come into the real world for a brief moment in the film, and then Ken realizes that hey, there's a patriarch, <laughs> and so he takes the patriarchy back to Barbie Land, right. and the men start ruling. Right, so it's this whole thing that it's like I mean I don't like being force fed things like that, but this is done very clever, and and the sort of it's like the proposed solution was kind of fun. And is this a is this a Margot Robbie produced? Film like like I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I, Tonya and no, I don't think so. Was. I wouldn't be surprised if she's got a producer credit 
I yeah. don't think she championed it because she was not the first on board. And, you know, she uh, was okay. a couple she of wasn't, It wasn't her. her. Thank God it was going to be Amy <coughs> Schumer before her. <laughs> oh, gosh. Really? Yes. Yeah, well documented. And in fact, there was a few filmmakers attached before Greta Gerwig and, and uh, what's her husband's name? Um, Baumbach or... Noah Birnbach. Noah Birnbach. Baumbach. Yes. Before they came on board, but very clever, very funny. Ryan Gosling steals the show, which I find ironic that this is a yeah. Barbie movie about patriarchy I think that's, and then I've, he's the one that steals that's the just show. Her. I think there's been some backlash. I've, I have seen some backlash on the internet about that. How good he is. Like, yeah. God forbid. But no, but yeah. About how, yeah, about how it shouldn't be about Ken. Yeah, yeah. But, well, you know, like... it's. Ironic. <coughs> it's ironic, and it's very, it's very fun. It's a good movie. Um, but what else did I? We, we saw Oppenheimer together. We did see Oppenheimer. Um, I don't even think we've had time to process this. You know, not with each other anyway. No. Um, so maybe that will come out on the video. But look, you know, I enjoyed it more than you did. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Look, I mean, I, I it was look. <laughs> when it comes to three-hour films, <laughs> it's got to be pretty magical for it to. <laughs> That, that to, for, for, for it to justify its running time. That applies to me too. And like. I know Christopher Nolan constantly whinges about people whinging about it. Yeah. And... Do you I know what? Think, I hate it I just when, think, just pull your head in, mate. I hate it when filmmakers <laughs> whinge about people whinging about long films by, you know, and they say, well, you're happy to binge something, you know, and I'll, well, yes, in the comfort of my own home with a pause button and, like, you know, yeah. and I can come back tomorrow and watch the rest. And that, yeah, that's right. That's my yeah. choice. I can stop it. And it, it, it provides me with... Yep. Easy points to stop. Yeah, absolutely. There's a big fundamental difference there. Yeah. Um, anyway, and we also saw Sisu. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I think it is. Sisu, Sisu which is a, I described it in my review as Tarantino meets Peckinpah. Like it's just a yeah. completely bonkers movie throwing Rambo. Like it's just nuts. I loved it. I really yeah, it was did. Great. Um, we didn't actually get a chance to talk about it at all. No, I'm glad you thought so because we uh, we uh, kind of just left the the cinema and that was it. Um, yeah. You know, you rudely took a phone call and ignored me all the way to the car. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah, you just waved goodbye. <laughs> I had. It, it looked like it was going to be a lengthy. I phone had call. A, a canine emergency. <laughs> yes, that I, I had to deal with. Was not going to get in that way. We've uh, we've been through that before. You <laughs> yeah. and I. We've, we've done. It. It's <laughs> happened on the show. <laughs> yes. Didn't you bail on the show? <laughs> I was <laughs> halfway through the show <laughs> yes. and I had to leave. Far out. Let's Luckily, hope. I think we had was it Melzi on the show at that time when it happened. Yeah, I it was all it over was. Zoom, so yeah. you were you were at it was home during the quarantine. Yeah, but you did. Yeah, you had to ditch and run. But it was like it was scary because we didn't know what was going on. And um, yeah, and neither did, well neither at that point neither did I. No, I know, but like you know, you also left the camera rolling. So <laughs> yeah. we were like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope that doesn't happen tonight. Um, no. no, knock on wood. Anyway, let's push on. Uh, let's uh, have a little bit of a newsly plug and then bring Jared into the show. All right, all right. Let's get this newsly thing out of the way. Uh, it's a good thing, though. Like, get newsly. If you haven't got it already, you should. It is our preferred podcast platform. That's where we want you to listen to us because they help us out. So let's help them out. Go to newsly.me and download it. You can get all the podcasts that you want, as well as all the news from around the world, over 80 different countries, yada, yada, yada. You know all about it. It reads it back to you in a natural human voice, which is fantastic. Uh, they have a premium service too, because the app is free. But if you uh, if you want to get more out of it, they'll give you a free month if you use our exclusive code, which is Monday without the O, M-N-D-A-Y. Go to newsly.me, get it, listen, and on with the show. G'day, Jarrett. How you going, mate? <laughs> good, guys. How are you both doing? Doing good. It's good to see you for another week. Indeed. And it's another healthy week for home entertainment, lads. 
Ooh, lay it on us. I have not right. had a chance to check out anything that's come in this week, so. Well, I actually do have some news, update on last week's news. Uh, I mentioned that Rio Bravo and East Eden were coming out. Those dates have been pushed. So oh. vacation <laughs> is definitely out. Don't worry, that's in stores now. But the other two have been moved to August 23rd. So it's a major bump, but there is some good news in that they've announced another title that will release on the same day, unless, of course, they do delay that to september but they're releasing enter the dragon on 4k ultra hd and here's the kicker i mean i think i mentioned last week i wasn't sure if the local vacation definitely had the blu-ray with it or not it does which means it does have that feature length documentary good news is enter the dragon will be 4k and blu-ray and the blu-ray will have all of those special features from the 40th anniversary edition and the us they're only getting a 4K release, so they're just getting whatever's on the 4K disc. They're not getting all those extra extras. So it's in a weird parallel universe that Australia has won out on some physical yes. media releases from a studio of all things. They have uh, our gratitude. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So anyway, August 23rd, Easter Eden, Rio Bravo, and now Enter the Dragon. But as for this week, the release, I'm, I'm generally really curious to see how this one's turned out, but Umbrella have released razorback on 4k ultra hd it is now as i believe the same restoration that was done for the blu-ray obviously this is in a less compressed 4k you know uh transfer but the only new special feature that's been added is an audio commentary with michael and peter spirig the filmmakers responsible for daybreakers and undead and predestination and i'm quite keen to hear how uh how that sort of sounds i mean there was plenty of special features as it were so there's probably nothing more they could add except for licensing that audio commentary track from the screen factory release in mm. the us with so, um esteemed film historians uh lee gambin <laughs> and jared garn <laughs> well tell me this what what do, what do, is there a connection between the spirit brothers in this film or is it just no, aussie I, horror scribes you know talking about another aussie horror film absolutely they did a similar thing with one of the korean titles they released where they had aaron mccann and whoever his uh collaborative partner is that did top not detective those guys did a guest commentary on one of the releases previous so i think it's something that they're sort of looking to do i mean it, it has been pretty common practice in the u.s you've had peter bogdanovich guest on you know other commentaries and mm-hmm. uh, i think even eli roth so it's you know it's not a new thing but it is a new thing locally and i guess it adds something different rather than hearing from the same old same old and admittedly the commentary track that was on the blu-ray that's been ported to the 4k with russell mulkay and uh, a huge razorback fan isn't the best listen because uh, russell mulkay doesn't really open up too much and it also sounds like you know um he's coming off a bender but i think that was just <laughs> by a 1980s i've only listened to one of his other commentaries and that was for resurrection and it was a pretty bloody boring um pretty dry, almost like yeah. recorded in like brackets and then just stitched together also that that's I mean, how it sounds with that razorback commentary to be yeah. honest there's long periods of silence and you're yeah. just sort of like you know that the guy is trying to get answers out of russell and it's not so much Russell not remembering certain things. It's also, I think he's just like, well, well, why, why do we talk about that? <laughs> Been yeah. there, done that. <laughs> that is the problem with exactly. commentaries. With, with a lot of commentaries and extras, though, is that sometimes the behind-the-scenes talent, like talent is a... Mm. Their talent their talent is in a different uh, area. It's not in, <laughs> in uh, speaking over their film. Totally. Just... It's generally better when you've got like a writer-director doing it or even a producer because the producer has such a you know 
wealth of information that spans the entire production and they're pulling you know the purse strings and everything whereas a director you know not that russell mulcahy was a gun for hire because he really went after this project uh but you know you are talking about him recording a commentary for a film he made you know almost 40 years ago tell me this before we move on from razorback um i've not really dived into any of the previous releases as far as special features go i've watched the films but not done the special features has there been any coverage from the hey hey it's saturday hold the buckle put onto these releases i would love to see no no well that that's the frustrating part because i know recently andrew levold with his documentary pub the movie they wanted to use the Red Faces skit with Red Negro, but to license the footage from, you know, the whoever it is, it's I don't know if it's Channel Nine or whether it's like a Summer's separate production Carol. company. Summer's Carol. Yeah. It was Carol, just it was outrageous. It was essentially it was like about a thousand dollars for every, I don't know, twenty or thirty seconds or something. So they just went no. Which is a shame too, when you're the because... talent that's actually there, but you all you sign waivers and they own, you know, they own everything. So no, unfortunately. But we do cover that on the audio commentary on the Scream Factory release of Razorback. <laughs> so if you're looking for some more Razorback action, pick up that US release it's as well cl- as the local 4K. It's a classic moment in Aussie television. Like, it really oh, is something else. Well, I know, it is. I know, I know that the ABC charge $15 a second. Oh, wow. Well, there and you go. The, yeah, exactly. The, the, ABC and SBS are the cheapest of the commercial networks. And then you've got Crawfords that don't license to anyone, you no. know, despite whatever the price. And I did actually hear recently that they have done a re-release of Fortress, the Rachel Ward Fortress, and they haven't really announced it, but it's from a newer scan that they did. They did a scan, I think, in 2019, and they've done a run of like maybe 250 copies, but they haven't actually put it on their product page. No one knows that this is the case. And I think it's also got maybe, you know, a stills gallery and a few other little tidbits. So did you say but that's exclusive through Crawford's? That's exclusively through Crawford's, yeah. yeah. There's the US HBO release. No, it's it, there's 250. No one knows that it's a new updated version. Of course, it's going to cost you probably 50 or $60 for an SD release. But I'd heard from someone that they released those 250 units to gauge interest in whether it would be worth them doing a Blu-ray, but if no one knows, that's right. <laughs> no one knows. I maybe every. That's always every... been Crawford's thing. They don't tell yes. you what. You, yeah. you maybe every know. two years. Every two years, I'll yeah. drop onto their website just to see what yeah. they've done, and they've got some great stuff. And it's like, well, it's oh, expensive it's as well, but it's like yeah. I wouldn't have known yeah. unless I went directly to that website. That's it, and it it's almost feels like you're you're jumping in a time machine when you visit their website. <laughs> too. It looks like it should be hosted on GeoCities or something. <laughs> It's just, it's, it's a real door back into time. It's Crawford so anyway, himself. <laughs> another release coming out from Umbrella, the one I'm genuinely excited about is Kids making its Blu-ray debut. And now it's got a new colour grade that's being done by Raw Digital here in Melbourne, which looks nice. I can't wait to check it out, like actually in motion rather than just seeing still, you know, screen grab comparisons. Plus it's got that feature length documentary, We Were Once Kids on there and a new commentary with Alexandra Haller Nicholas as well. So that's that's one release I'm looking forward to picking up on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Then uh, another indie that's releasing titles this week, Viavision Entertainment. They've got a couple coming out. They've actually got three box sets coming out. The first of which is uh, directed by Walter Hill, which is a pretty amazing box set. And it's even better than what they initially announced for this release. Because initially it was a six disc Blu-ray movie box set. Now it's actually a seven disc set and they've added a 4K UHD to the mix. The driver is in there on 4K UHD as well as Blu-ray. 
And the beautiful thing is this isn't just a direct port of the UK Studio Canal release. The 4K, sure it is, but the Blu-ray, they've actually got new special features. There's even an interview with Bruce Dern, so it's pretty cool. cool. They've added extras to it, so, you know, if you've already bought the driver, it's probably worth a double dip. But as well as the driver, you've got Ben's favourite hard times, a.k.a. the Street Fighter. Uh, you've got the We're Long ben Riders, F which Ben can tell you a bit of trivia mm -hmm. about the Long Riders, Ben. Yeah, I can't remember any of the trivia. It's got all the brothers, though. It's, it's, That's it's it. Got... All the brothers. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think it does it hold the Guinness Book of Records for you know a movie with the most amount of siblings in it or something it's of that got, nature. Yeah, it's, it's three Carradines, two Keaches, two guests, and two quiet. A partridge in a pear tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've also got Extreme Prejudice that's making its local debut in there. Classic Walter Hill, Nick Nolte action. I mean. Michael Ironside's in it, plays an evil prick as per usual. Johnny it's Handsome. Brutal. It's a brutal film. It's brutal. a yeah, so the finale is phenomenal. Johnny Handsome, which I only revisited recently on SBS On Demand, and it was a HD print, looked fantastic, as did Mickey Rourke in that era before he, you know. Yeah, well, less said about that, the better. And then the last title that's in that box set is Broken Trail, which admittedly is one I've not seen. I mm. think it's one of the latter Welter Hills from 2006. But an astonishing box set with heaps of new content and special features. Although, admittedly, Ben, I don't think there's any content related to Hard Times, which is a shame because they could have got, like, Andrew Netty or Paul Talbot to do a commentary or something, being, you know, Charlie Bronson's sort of aficionados. But the other release, director box set they're putting out, director Sidney J. Fury, but it doesn't have the films <laughs> that you gentlemen might want. It definitely doesn't have that Bronson one that you might want, uh, Glenn, your Casablanca redo <laughs> yeah casablanco <laughs> or something whatever it was called yeah, yeah. Coblanco. <laughs> it came up in my um my just watch feed when i was looking at stuff to watch and i was like oh that's there it is i'll be uh avoiding that one then but this one's got a few titles in it so i think it's got five or six releases it's got the lawyer little faust and big Hols holsey i think it is that's Hit. the one that they mention on the the offer have you seen the oh other? yes yeah yeah i did i watched oh it was gripping i loved it like yeah, it was that's, amazing that's the one he goes to robert redford to um he goes to mexico that's right to get him to be in which is yes, it, that it's a, yeah because he wanted to free um al pacino from his contract or something was it that one? Oh no that was the dip that was the other one that that was the other one yeah that gangster no, he, the gangster comedy sort of slapstick thing yeah that was a phenomenal series i really hope they do a second series about another Paramount production. Yeah, I was talking yeah. about that this morning. That'd be amazing. Doesn't even have to be the same just, cast. Just, you know. No, no, just start, start afresh. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it can be during the Robert Evans era or it could be, you know, post that. But anyway. Anything that's had a colourful production. Yeah, absolutely. And something of an era, you know. I don't yeah. want to see them making uh, the reboot of Bad News Bears with uh, Richard <laughs> Linklater, for instance. I've got no interest in that. Uh, there's Sheila Levine is dead and living in New York. And the boys and company see so that rounds out that box set then there's another box set they're putting out but this one's a director uh, sorry an actor focused one called film focus gene hackman and it's actually got some of the lesser known works of his career so it's it's a good box set to pick up all blu-ray debuts likely possibly even some global blu-ray debuts in it but it's got i never sang for my father which i've never seen bite the bullet which i think is a western i haven't seen uh, the Domino Principle, which I have seen, and then March or Die, which I haven't seen. So that'll really round out my 
Gene Hackman binge that's that real... I've been doing for I don't know how many years now. But that's a real yeah. disappointment that because uh, I thought fine when I heard that they'd announced a Gene Hackman box set, I thought finally Welcome to Mooseport's going to get the treatment. <laughs> the uh, yeah, but no, it's the last Hackman movie. But we all yeah. know that's trapped in you know in hell. It's trapped in Disney's little cap you know because yeah. it was a fox um, title so sadly the dust off my dvd that's uh you've just triggered me ben <laughs> i have a hankering for welcome to Mooseport now i was surprised by how much i enjoyed it. i'm i'm not a fan of ray romano for the most part uh but i actually really enjoyed that and knowing it was his swan song for hackman you know it was it was a sweet effort but it's a strange note to go would have been great had he gone on say you know rule tannenbaums or or something of that nature but anyway yeah. uh, and then the only other distributor i will mention that's releasing a title this week that i'm excited to check out haven't seen it yet is madman and they're releasing marlo on blu-ray and dvd which is the latest feature from neil jordan with liam neeson in the lead and it's liam neeson finally playing a role that doesn't see him extracting mm-hmm. revenge on someone <laughs> that's a family member or something uh, of that nature an iconic role too you know Bogart absolutely Marlo, yeah. Ab- absolutely so yeah i'm eager to check isn't that there one another, out isn't there a um james garner movie called marlo as well is that the don't know it's another he's a it's another private detective film with okay. uh, uh rita hayworth rita, uh, was the um the big rita wilson Marlo, wasn't it no the one from the one from rita um, perlman <laughs> that's rita, rita rutner no the one from the one from uh uh, uh ripper rita yeah that's where i was gonna go next <laughs> the new york the, the the movie that Spielberg remade last year or the year before. Oh, West End. Um, West Side West Story. End. West Rita, Side Story. Sorry. Yeah. The yeah. Rita, whatever her name is from that. Ah, yes. Of Why can't I remember her last? Jared name? almost went down the the Pet Shop Boys re- uh, biopic then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and just on a note, Ben, you were somewhat correct with Electric Dreams. Feel um, <laughs> okay? He's from the Human home? League. How many times yeah. <laughs> he is from the Human League. He is from so the Human that's League. the connection uh-huh. that you made with Giorgio Moroder doing the music. So there you go, gentlemen. Yes, no, How I listened closely. How many times did you break your phone after? <laughs> did, you, did you yell at it like, you're wrong? <laughs> I've got a screen here that I can just, I can just like give a little punch to every now and again. <laughs> but what, Jared didn't, what Jared didn't hear on that show was um, how much I took out of that show. Oh, did you cut? <laughs> I cut quite a bit of stuff we both said. <laughs> and that's why you're back again this week. You know, I think you guys are responsible for killing Stitcher, though. I'm pretty sure they just cancelled the platform because they're just like, I don't know. You just got to cut cut it off at its head. Yeah. I've just looked it up on just while, while we were talking. In 1969, James Garner, James Garner, Rita Moreno, Gail Honeycutt, Carol O'Connor, in a movie wow. called Marlo, where he's playing a private detective, Philip Marlowe. There you go. Was, was right, Lenny okay. Von Dolan in that? That's him. He was also in an episode of Red Dwarf, Back to Earth, one of my favourite episodes. <laughs> Ben's a big fan of uh, Lenny's work, aren't you, Ben? I am indeed. <laughs> Those eyes. It's the eyes that get you. <laughs> Lenny passed away, I think, last year. I know, at oh, a really young age. Yeah, like, I mean, I think he was only probably in his late 50s or so. But yeah, he's go. passed away. He's left us, which is a shame. Yeah. Hmm. So, yep, yeah, yep. happy note to end on. <laughs> Martin Lawrence still walks among us. Yeah. But thankfully, his crimes against cinema have seemingly stopped. No new big mother mama movies for the last couple of years. So. No, we we'll let it slide. Uh, Bad Boys 5 is coming. Or 4, yes. whatever number. 
Yeah, and I mean, like, the last one was all right, and I think he was good in it because he was fairly restrained, you know, and it did take a more serious approach. Yeah, well, he was barely fucking in it, spent most of the time in a hospital bed. <laughs> I hope that's not a spoiler for anyone that hasn't checked out Bad Boys for Life yet. If you haven't, you're the reason we haven't got Bad Boys 4 yet. It's in the works, though. It's in the works. But anyway, gentlemen, that's it for me this week. So until awesome. next time, stay physical, gents. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> always fun to uh, to chat with Jared about uh, physical media, and uh, with that with that being done, that means that means it's uh, ridiculous game time. Oh, hang on, I haven't got sound effects. <laughs> You've got the thing. Yeah, you've I've, got the the I little have, uh, the I zoom. Have, I've tried it. <laughs> you can't get it to on work. a recording, and no, it didn't work. I had to add the sound effect I wanted to do later in post. I wonder if it does it. Does it do it live or does it interject? I don't know how. No, it, so, I don't know how it works. Oh, this we need is a conversation. Yeah, let's that we not don't talk need about to have it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but so this week, this week for the game, I thought what the the what I really enjoyed doing last time was those mini movie marathons. Fun. But I also enjoyed the themed nature of the shows that we used to do yes. before, and I thought a way to bring that back and combine the two would be to have a theme every week. Yep. And the way the way it would work is we would have a movie marathon, a movie marathon of eight films. Eight films. It's eight films. It's a proper all-nighter. Fuck. But each of us get four and we take it in turns. But if one person preempts the other person's <laughs> film, then they've got to come up with an alternative. Okay. So really you have to prepare, we have to prepare eight films each yep. that we can slot into this movie marathon, this ultimate uh, all-night marathon. We are Good to go, my <laughs> friend. I have plenty. I've actually bunched them in like genres, so I don't know what way you're going to go. Okay. So if you go down a comedy rail, oh, I've got that back. I've, got I've that. just gone down with uh, films that I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That, that I enjoyed. So because with the other thing too is we've got to kind of keep it sort of on par. Like the marathon has to make sense. So like if let's say you've got one that's a complete thriller and I've got one that's a comedy, that doesn't quite make a good marathon. You know what I mean? I was going to say, I've programmed multiple marathons for Multi- Monster Fest, <laughs> and I disagree completely. Okay, cool. Well, then I'll just <laughs> or throw at least, anything at Or now. at least I've just done it. I've just gone, oh, that's a good film. Why don't we play that one? Okay, right. that one. That's how it works. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting a bit of a backdoor insight into how <laughs> it all works. Into why the movie marathons have dropped off in popularity at yeah, Monster it's, Fest. it's like Russian roulette, isn't it? Like, Sometimes. Is uh, this yeah. the one? <laughs> So this week, because we went to see Oppenheimer mm-hmm. at IMAX uh, earlier in the week, or last week, I guess it would be now, yep. uh, I thought that nuclear films would be a good, a good topic. Atomic, nuclear, either way. Atomic, well, they're all, a, I, I like to think of them as the same. I think atomic sounds cooler. It sounds cooler for that era. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they, I don't think they, they even had the term nuclear back then, or if they did, they didn't use it in that application. Yeah. And the one it kept it kept uh, freaking me out when they're talking about in Oppenheimer they're talking about hydrogen bombs and yeah. fusion bombs and you know, in my head they're all the same. Yeah, <laughs> I, thought they were, they were, I thought they were just synonyms <laughs> rather than uh, no. completely different things. No. It's like they're all you, you, different kinds you of really bombs. Really pissed the brainiacs off with that. No brainiacs are listening to. That's I, true. I promised myself I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would. I would cease to denigrate <laughs> the show on the show. <laughs> no, you, I want you to. I want you to. But there's no brainiac. Everybody else listening to this show. Uh, not, not anymore. <laughs> they would have been back in the day. I apologise to all of you listening. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. <laughs> 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 uh, 
So look, I'll kick things off with my uh, number one. Yeah. And that is China Syndrome from 1979. Fantastic movie. I love China Syndrome. It is. Jack Lemmon is the best in that. He's great. Jane Fonda. Yep. uh, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas is the cameraman. Wilford Brimley, the man with the softest hands in the world. (laughs) Uh, And... Richard Hurd, who I constantly confuse Richard Hurd for Carl Malden. Yeah. I always figure it's the same guy. Yeah, yeah. But it's not. Um, Well, you know, that is a great film. And I've got movies that would definitely, like, if if I was going down the original train of thought, you know, keep it theme, I've got plenty that would go well with that. That would go with that. Well, you certainly can. I can. Uh, I mean, that's a nuclear disaster film. If you haven't seen China Syndrome, basically it's a, a, uh, there's a, uh, something goes wrong in a nuclear power plant. But they cover it up. And they cover it up and, a, and a, a, a news crew headed by Jane Fonda. Cameraman Michael Douglas. And cameraman Michael Douglas go in to investigate and then Jack Lemmon kind of whistle blows. Yep, yep. And in glorious fashion. Yeah. Like, and then it gets scary because they get hushed. Like the, yeah. the, the government's after them like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Which, and there is a perfect companion film to this. Yeah. I'm very curious to see if, if, that's, on, if, that's, if that's one Ooh, of the ones that you talk about. It may be. Um, should I go down that route? I think I will. I'll go with Silkwood. That's yeah, exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> which is Meryl Streep. But yeah, like you said, like very very similar kind of film. You know, and there was like a bit of a nuclear panic in America at this at this time, yeah. which is why these movies all came out. Chernobyl had happened not long beforehand, and yeah, and it's the most obvious disaster disaster that can happen once you build. Yeah. Because like America plants. and Europe were just like scattered with nuclear reactors in yeah. that particular era, and they're great. They're they're a completely renewable clean source energy, of yeah. clean energy. Yeah, but yeah, when it yeah. goes wrong, it fucking goes yeah. wrong. Like in everything, they cheapen out, or, yeah. or and things go wrong, yeah. and yeah, you know, like I think it's I like s- they need to build another power plant over the old one, <laughs> so that it can melt down in one and then mm. fail I, safe in the other. I think I told you, not on the show, but in person, like I went to French Island recently. That was where they were going to build Australia's first nuclear reactor oh, right. on French Island. Um, that was in the 60s when it was proposed and obviously that never never, never happened. happened. We never went down that avenue. But, you know, that's an interesting place to put it. I guess you have to build one close enough that it's near the like where it's needed. Yeah. You can't put it in the middle of the country where, you know, it's it more expensive to get the power to people. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's still could. I, I don't have much to say about it. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Who else is in it, though? It's, I just remember Meryl Streep in that yeah, one. I can only remember Meryl Streep. And it's a bit yeah. like, isn't it a bit like a, an industrial action kind of movie as well? Like, isn't there... Yeah, because she, she whistleblows, basically. That, and yeah. then, well, it's, it's... Yeah, she has serious concerns about the meltdown and then she gets into a mysterious car accident and it's about the investigation. Yes, and was she right. hushed up by the company? It's a very kind of you know blowout type. Have to uh, go back and watch that. All right. Well, so what would the third film be? <laughs> uh, well, once you've had the, I guess I mean I've probably done it in the in the wrong order. I probably should have started with something else. I probably should have started with a like a bomb type movie or like a development of yeah yeah the bomb and then gone into the <laughs> reactor breakdown and then chronologically <laughs> and then yeah that's right done it that way. So I'll kind of go into a. And we had the director as a guest on the show. Okay. Testament. Yes, Testament. As the, as a, even now, even that I've screwed up. There's another way I could have gone. But Testament is great. 1983, Lynn Littman, uh, you know, Jane Alexander, William Devane for about 
20 minutes. I know. Which is great. One of the great great exitings of a film. And what I want to know is, Willem Devane in this film, right, is he responsible for the whole Rob Schneider, you can do it? Because in this movie, I think the most lines he has is, you can do it. You can do it to his son. Up the hill on a bike. You can do it. You can do it. And I'm like, surely that's where it came from. It's like a classic case of a dad berating his losers and calling his son a loser. He's such an asshole. Yeah, like, um, totally. Willing to vein. Like, even whatever he's in, whether it's 24 or like, you know, going oh, right no. back to his, you know, the classic movie. Was he in, um, he's in a disaster. Was it Roller Coaster? Something like that. He's in, yeah, he's, I can mean, yeah. he's in Space Cowboys, yeah. As, which yeah. is another nuclear he's movie. He's always like enough, cocky. He's the, He's a real stereotypical cocky he's American. he's so good in like payback and stuff. Yeah. He's great. Oh, I like him a lot, but yeah. 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 Which is odd. Like he's in, oh, he's great in. Um, what's that one? The the one where he Rolling Thunder, where he's the returning Vietnam yeah. vet with the one hand with the hook hand. Yes. And then he gets Gosh. caught with the. He straps his <laughs> hand to his back with a belt and whips himself to, you know. Far out. I, I just um, can't get the spices right. I'm glad you said that one. Like that was going to come up at some point, regardless. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's a really gut-wrenching film. Like, it's really awful. It's a really hard one. And it, look, it has, like, there's a couple of other ones yeah. like that as well. But I think we need a palate um, cleanser now. So we've yeah, gone okay. three kind of heavy films. That's the heaviest. Yeah. So, and then I'm going to get the, the, the timeline back on track here and go right back to where it all began. Young Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> Split in the atom. Amazing. Split in the atom. Split the beer atom. Yeah. <laughs> I love this film. Obviously, it's a it's a it's an Aussie film. I reckon it's one of Australia's great comedies. Mm. I think it's very underappreciated. It went. It was big at one time point in time, and put Australia on the map along with Crocodile Dundee. The microphone's getting away here, but I've watched it now. You're gesticulating wildly over your love for Young Einstein. I've just um I've revisited it recently with you know thirty years of time between sort of views, and it just holds up. I think it's as funny now as it was then. And it's got no, Adam, Adam Curie in it. It's um, got Einstein in it, who's actually a Tasmanian apple farmer, if you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, Too right. movies back in the 70s and 80s would put young at the front of things, like young Frankenstein, young, you know, Sherlock Holmes, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. This is one that really does it differently. Like it's young Einstein, but they've just completely fucked with the history. Like, yeah. <laughs> not that, yeah. It's got nothing to do with the actual, you know, development of nuclear energy, but... They change how it was made, and it's all about beer, putting bubbles in beer. Yeah, which is arguably more important. Yes, than, irrefutably uh, than, more than important. developing a bomb. <laughs> That's right. Imagine if, like you know, in Oppenheimer, they just gave the Japanese beer. Yeah. Imagine if that was the whole thing. Yeah. We hear that the Germans are trying to put bubbles in beer, and we can't let them win. It's like the space race, but the, it's like a beer race. That's right. That's the race to Oktoberfest. I tell you what, Chris, Christopher Nolan, that would have been a much more entertaining film. Yep. Yep. Oh, on tap. Yeah. Right. Hey, imagine how much beer you could have sold during and after the film. <laughs> the whole movie, you just sit there going, I really could go for a Carlton draft right about now. Because <laughs> it would have been pre-IPAs and all that horse shit. Yeah. It would have just been like a good draft, a good bitter. And it's got a good head too. Yeah. <laughs> Not an ice cream. It's a nice head. <laughs> all right. So I've, I've cleansed the palate with beer. All right. Where do you go from there? Do you go jump back into the depression train? <laughs> well, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with it with an with an all time classic, 1988's Miracle Mile. Ah, uh, I knew you'd do that. Directed by Steve DeJarnay, the man behind Cherry 2000. Yeah. Uh, all about a uh, a young couple who kind of get caught up in uh, a nuclear explosion yep. when they 
when Anthony starring it stars Anthony Edwards and, and Mayor Winningham and they kind of meet and they're supposed to meet they're supposed to meet one night at a to go on a, a date I think it is mm-hmm. and while he's waiting outside a Seven Eleven the phone rings and he answers it not knowing like it's just it's a public phone he answers it and he overhears that a bomb is about to go off and they've got half an hour or something to get out of the city uh-huh. and it, then he and a, a, he and Mayor Winningham and a kind of a group of Desperate strangers attempt to flee, and is it a hoax? Isn't it a hoax? <laughs> it's just it's this it's a marvelous piece of filmmaking. It's a fantastic film. Definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen it. I don't know how to follow that up. Hmm. <laughs> no, I've got lots of options here. Uh, different directions I could go. I'm going to go with actually "Dreams" by Kura Kurosawa. Nice. I, I mean, this is a, a he is famous for having a a, a deep seated fear. Of nuclear war, um, rightfully so. Yeah. Japanese filmmaker, right? <laughs> <laughs> and this film, Dreams, is his nightmare personified. So it's right. him. Uh, it's it's a very fantasy based kind of film. It's a, it's a series of vignettes. It's like um, short films all crammed together, and each one of them depicts a nightmare he's had in person. Like he's sort of he's, he had nightmares. He wrote them down and he he put them on film. Um, and it's quite terrifying. It's very uh, I don't know what the word is surreal. It's a surrealism piece. But like uh, Martin Scorsese's is in it as Van Gogh. Like, <laughs> like what? You know, how does that relate? With or without sand? With or without ear? Without. without he's got yeah. the bandage on his head. So it's post. He's got the bandage on his head. But there's visions of. I mean, there's visions of um, like ashes and lots of bodies and uh, almost like geisha girls as well. And they're dancing amongst the rubble of you know yeah. nuclear fallout. And um, there's no sense that you can make of it other than it is just fear personified and i love it i think it's actually one of his best films considering too he was actually uh, medically blind when he made it and it's his most visually incredible film like yeah, it's, right. it's colorful it's like i said it's a it's a, an expression of art on film um and who, who could do that when they're freaking blind? blind well maybe no one maybe it was a, <laughs> maybe it's his, uh, the first ad's film it was, a it was fluke. just like a, you know like andy warhol <laughs> kind of you didn't really trust me it's good Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go so oh, that's interesting well like i'm going to take it how down. many are we in one two three four we're six in six in so yep. this is my last one yep and i'm going to take it back down to depressionville all right do it again mm-hmm. with one of the most it's possibly the most harrowing i know where you're going anxious films i've ever seen Oof. and to this day i have not rewatched it yep because there are certain scenes in it which just terrify me so much. And that is... Superman 4. <laughs> fucking oath. <laughs> no. It is, no, it's uh, 2009's The Road. Oh, really? Yeah, directed by John Hillcote, Aussie, yeah. Aussie John, Aussie John Hillcote, uh, starring Viggo Mortensen and with a, and a, and a... I think it was the first time I ever noticed him in a film, Garrett Dillahunt. Has this great like small bit yeah. as like a kind of a, a cannibal mm. in it, but it's basically about it's a post like the bomb has dropped and everything is dying, like all animals are dying, yep. crops they can't, there's no food, there's no clean water, nothing, and yep. people are just slowly starving to death mm-hmm. and attacking each other and eating each other because that's literally the only food. Uh, uh, Food source, yeah. and it's about this father and son who are trying to make it to the ocean. Is it is on a Cody road trip. Smith McPhee? 
I'm actually not sure who the kid is. I think I it's Cody Schofield. I think that's the movie. Oh, no. Yeah, I think it is anyway. Yeah, right. Yeah. After just, Romulus, my father, that was what he did. That was what he did, yeah. Yeah. And it is just, huh, like uh, I said, it's harrowing. It's been a long time since I watched it. I know that this movie pissed me off. Really? Uh, not for the reasons you'd think, but you've you've been through like a, a file I've got of treatments of films I want to write. Yeah. Right? One film I was writing is exactly the right. road, right? And it's almost identical. And when I saw that movie, like I was so deheartened. Like I was so yeah. gutted because I'd actually written most of it as a script. And it was right. like, I was so excited. I'm going to put this in the hands of people. And and this movie came along. I'm like, fuck that then. That's yeah. like, you know. Yeah, you could do it now. It's like 15 years ago. I think so about it all the time. Ago. And um, yeah, the road just kabushed me. But um, I mean, it was, and it was based on a book by yeah. uh, Cormac McCarthy. Yeah. They wrote the book that's became No Country for Old Men mm-hmm. and a bunch of other. There are so many ways I want to cap this off. Um, how do I do it? How do we end on a bang? <laughs> no I can tell you intended. how. I can show you a film on my list that would end it with a bang. Oh, I wonder if it's but on my uh, list. What is it though? Like we don't. Well, smoke them if you got them. Yeah, that's on my list. Yeah. <laughs> that is on my list, and that's what I'm looking at. I'll, I'll go through a few. I'm looking at smoke them if you got them. Of course, being who I am, I'm looking at radioactive dreams. Yeah. Um, but I'm also looking at. I can't end on a depression one because I've got Grave of the Fireflies there, and well, see, now, that's an Jam. interesting one that you've you've included that because I was looking at Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah, but it's not actually a nuclear movie. They've bombed, they've bombed the city that they live in, but it's not it's nuclear. It's just it's an atomic bomb because it's 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 um, Hiroshima that they live in. Are you sure? When yeah. I was when I was looking it up, it was it's another city and it's. Um, they don't end up dying of radiation. They just they all die of mal- malnourishment. Okay. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Um, we can but fact check I, that afterwards. Yeah, because I yeah. was I thought I had it on my list yeah. as one to talk about, and then when I jumped on mm-hmm. Wikipedia to refresh myself, I'm like, oh, it's actually not a nuclear bomb. Okay. It was just the but it's certainly the supposed to reflect that. Yeah. Because um, Barefoot Gen was the other one, which is definitely nuclear. Yeah. But I think I'm going to leave us on an upper. Go more Hollywood. Um. I will name four, and you can choose which one we curate oh, okay. in the final film. So, War Games, right. Crimson Tide, The Hunt for Red October, or Under Siege. Well, Under Siege. Okay. <laughs> if you're going to leave it on a, on a, if you want to leave it on an upper, I was actually surprised. I thought you were going to mention Matinee. Oh, that's a as, good as point. As a Hollywood, no, uh, it's not on my list at what, all. As a Hollywood upper. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, my holy other uh, Hollywood upper was Superman Four. Superman Four. Yeah, just to. <laughs> you know. Well, see, I had, I had also on my list. I had. Um, Matinee. Yeah. I had thirteen days, which yeah, I which yeah. I really enjoyed. Uh, that was on my list. I must have taken it off. Um, Great film. I think and and spoken if you got it because yeah. it is the ultimate. Yep. You know the world is the world is over. Let's party. What's left to do? Let's party. Yep. It's so good too. And at forty eight minutes, it does not out over out that out that well. Yeah. That, that's that should have been Oppenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. It's a double yeah. feature. I like yeah, it. Oppenheimer is a. It's a. Yeah, my favorite. My favorite. Re- <laughs> when reviewing any film, my favorite line is always, "It was a. It's a fantastic fifty-minute film, tightly packed into three hours."
Well, that was a complete <laughs> assault on the brain cells, a, a classic mindfuck from the birthday party, which, which of course features a very young Nick Cave as a front man. And that's uh, Nick the Stripper. Great song. <laughs> but uh, the birthday party are the subject of a new documentary that's playing at this year's Melbourne International Film Festival. And what better way to go straight into this week's interview? And I believe, actually, Ben, that the Melbourne International Film Festival, a bit of trivia for you, is the fourth oldest film festival in the world. Yeah, right. And did you know it all began in Olinda, of all places? Yeah. Up in the Dandenong. I, di- I did. I was, when I was researching uh, film societies and how that all began. Yeah. And Myth was kind of, that's what Myth was it at was the start. The Olinda Film Festival, only for one year, and then it became the Melbourne International Film yeah. Festival. Olinda, for people that don't know, is sort of on Ben and my side of town. It's up in the hills. It's a place that I go to a lot. Yeah. Um, it's where your parents take you to go <laughs> caravan. caravan <laughs> up near Puff and Billy, if you know yeah. where that is. Anyway, Kate Fitzpatrick, she has actually been with the festival for over 10 years. Um, she's been the, the programmer for the last four. Before that, she worked at Acme. Uh, we're going to bring her in for a chat right now and um, pick her brain and, and lay some of our favourites on there. <laughs> let's do this. Let's do this. Kate, thank you so much for making time for us. Um, it's nice to actually meet you. Yeah, yeah, same. The craziness of, of MIF is sort of underway. It has begun. Um, how's the reception been so far? Uh, yeah, pretty good, I think. Um, I try and uh, stay away from Twitter. <laughs> a bit, but, you know, I'm a masochist, so I always dive in and um, I take the good with the bad. The mostly bad, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I find it kind of amusing, really. Um, but no, I think I think we've had really good um, response so far, and a couple of us have spoken to different outlets, and and they seem really enthusiastic about stuff. Um, I did the XR program as well, and Triple R seemed to be particularly in, in interested in that, which is always great. It's always nice. Yeah, it's it's a completely loaded um, program this year, and, and we'll pick through it in in a moment. Um, but I'm wondering, like, what sets this particular year apart from the rest? Is there anything um, that excites you? Well, it's, it's. I mean, so much excites me. Um, when I was thinking, uh, when people are like, give me your top 10. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to give you 50. Um, <laughs> but actually, it's, it's interesting you say it's a really packed program because it feels really packed. But in reality, it's actually a smaller program than last year um, mm. by something like 80 films. Wow. <laughs> wow. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't feel like it though. Like I look through, um, I look through the program. And there's still a bunch of stuff I haven't seen. Um, there is, yeah. There's so much uh, stuff I'm really excited about, um, features wise, uh, XR wise, special events. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be really exciting, I think. And there seems to be a bunch of great stuff that's independent too. Like not, it doesn't seem to to have that. Like there's usually a really large component of stuff that's going to be coming out in a week or two after the festival, whereas this festival seems to have a lot of stuff that this is going to be the only place to see it. Yeah, yeah. And some really great, great things. Like one of the films I was going to um, raise is this fantastic Georgian film called Blackbird, Blackbird, Blackberry. No one's picked it up locally, but it's such a beautiful film that I really hope people get on board to go and see because um it's it's about this uh older she's like late 40s georgian woman she's lived this very independent life she's really formidable she doesn't really give a stuff about um societal expectations um and she finally has this like sexual awakening after this near-death experience and 
She said it's really, it's a very small film. It's a very subtle film, but it's great to see that kind of story being told because it's not a, you know, your typical story, but it's, um, it's really great. Awesome. I hope people listening are sort of you know, making notes as we go, you know, because that obviously that's one that they should put to the top of yeah, their list. <laughs> yeah, I, I really hope they do because I, I, I kind of saw it not by chance. I was always going to see it, but I was a bit, you know, indifferent about it, but it ended up being a real favourite for me. How on earth do you keep up with the synopses and things like that with these films? Like if, you know, someone brings up a film, can you just need to go, yep, I know what that's about? Like we just had Monster Fest weekend and had six films in it, and <laughs> for the life of me, when people went, "What's on Sunday?" I'm like, "Ah, uh, I can't remember." Well, but that's a bit different. The scheduling's different. Like if you ask me when a film is, yeah, on, no, no, I, I just I couldn't remember the names. Like there's only six <laughs> films. And it also it depends what time of day you ask me to as to how many I'm going to remember. There's definitely it's happened to me in the past too, where I'll look up something and think, "What the hell's that?" And then someone will say, oh, we screened that. And I'll be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. My brain doesn't work that way. Like it, I can be talking about movies and just pluck names out of the thin air. But if I'm in an environment where someone asks me specifically, I'm like, I go blank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> I admire your ability to do that. Um, so that's one highlight. Is there any other highlights before I go through things that have caught my attention? Um, is there any other things you want to sort of highlight that people should really pay attention to? Um, yeah, I wrote, I wrote a list. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite experiences in the cinema this year was, uh, with my colleague Kate in Berlin. We both went to see, uh, Dustin Guy Defer's film, The Adults. Um, it's just a really beautiful um, kind of melancholy film about three siblings who, you know, they had a really tight-knit childhood but they've become estranged in their adult years and they come together when the brother uh, visits them. Um, their, their mother's died about 12 months previously and they're all kind of dealing with their grief or, or not. Um, and it's just, it's really, it's got a really fantastic um, feel to it. They're, they're, the actors clearly have a really great rapport with, with one another and they really recreate that sibling kind of rivalry feeling really well. Um, I really hope people go and see that. Um, I really hope people go and see. There's an Australian horror film in the Night Shift program called Late Night with the Devil that I think is very cool. Yeah, that's fantastic. The yeah. movie, yeah. Yeah, I hope people go and see that. Um, I think they've got a lot of local... Uh, interest and support, so I, I think that's going to be really good screening. Those mm -hmm. screenings. I th it's it's so weird that that, that guy, that, the guy that the, the star of it, David. Yeah. Is... Yep. Um. Melchin or what? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was in. He, he was in. Um. What's the name today? Yeah. Classic. <laughs> yeah. He's got a. He's got such a great face for horror. I think. Yeah. Um, and the movie is. I mean, the movie is great. I feel like that. That movie is you know all the stuff in um in guess not in in uh nope where they have the flashbacks to the tv show with the monkey i feel oh, like yeah. the whole movie is all that stuff that they just they didn't show you in nope with the yeah, monkey. it's an expansion of that yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's what we wanted nope to be <laughs> yeah <laughs> well see come and see late night with the devil awesome the, awesome disappointed yeah, yeah, wicked. Um, there's some great Australian content. Like that's usually what I gravitate towards, and I'm particularly um big on retro. I love the older '80s sort of Aussie films. And one that's caught my attention this year that I have to bring up because I will be going along to see it for sure is "With Love to the Person Next to Me." 
1987 film, Kim Gingell, like that era of Aussie film is where I'm at. Like, you know, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, Heaven Tonight, that kind of stuff. I've never seen this one. Um, I hadn't either. And I saw a restoration of it that Ray Argyle's been working on. Um, oh, gosh. It might have even been late last year. Um, it's it's great. I think you'll really, really like it. I'd love to hear what you think of it once you see it because yeah. it's such a surprising film. In fact, I learned about its existence after Melbourne on Film program was locked last year and I thought, oh, Dan, that would have been a really great film also because it's all filmed around St Kilda and I live um, kind of the St Kilda end of Elwood. Um, so it's all this great part of the city that I, I know really well, but back in that time too, like in the 80s. And Kim Gintel's great. He's just got that fantastic deadpan mm-hmm. kind of um, approach. But you him. still, you can you always just see a bit of that Cole Carpenter. Just, <laughs> just that, in, a, in a twinkle in his eye, it's just kind of there. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Ben, I was um, I was watching um, Ground Zero, which I'm going to bring up later in the show, by the way, but um, him and Mark Mitchell play two, like, cops together, and I'm like, all I can think of is them as, like, you know, postmen and, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Comedy company for sure. And there's also, um, was it Mutiny in Heaven is the birthday party doco. Like, I'm sure everybody's clamoring to see that. Yeah, I, I'm really hoping that people um, show up to the Asta for that just because it's got such a great connection with them having a residency there for a, a long time in the early 80s. Um, it's a great film. Like, it's it's almost purely archival footage, so it's a real curio for fans um, of the band and fans of the music scene of that time. Yeah, it's pretty great. I think that'll awesome. be a really great screening because Mick Harvey, at least I know Mick Harvey's going to be here. I'm not sure who else might around as well that's and really cool you've also got the the gadinsky doco as well which is a good kind of counterpoint yeah yeah the kind exactly. of the other the other end of the spectrum that's like a, a kind of like a music gala i think um mushroom will be putting on a big show for that yeah, yeah that's exciting uh, and like i mean that's once again the australian program is loaded but then you've also got um the sappy fay retrospective which really caught my attention as well yeah, I, I, uh, my colleague Mia um, curated that program, and I'm ashamed to say I've never seen any of her films. So Neither I'm, have I. I'm Neither so have I. excited to to get along to those, and I would urge everybody to go along because it's such a rare screening. They're quite difficult to track down. They're quite difficult to screen. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty great coup on her part to get that. Yeah, absolutely. I did a little bit of a went down a rabbit hole looking at her work and I'm like wow how have I not stumbled across this before so very excited yeah yeah great and then and the um, other the yeah, other big about. retrospective is the the Dario Argento that's what I was gonna say retrospective, yeah. which is yeah which is uh very close fantastic. to my heart I worked very hard on that um and yeah I'm so excited to see so many of them in cinema like there's yes I've only seen on DVD or um yeah uh, a little think... bit more, a little bit more poignant this year too, because Julian Sands, of course, is in Phantom of the Opera. Yes, it's kind of like a, a default tribute screening to him now. Um, yes, yeah, and and a, a real curio because I think a lot of people wouldn't have seen it. What's your um, What's your favorite Argento film? It's uh, <laughs> something that well, everyone has a different one. It's interesting because it's not in the program <laughs> only because it wasn't one of the ones that is part of this this. All the all of the um, titles that we're screening this year are part of the one 
restoration program that the Cinecittà did in Italy. Yeah. And this film they didn't restore this time because the Criterion um, Collection uh, restored it back, I think, in 2017. Uh, it's Inferno. And we actually... Oh, I thought you were going to say Dracula 3D, so I'm <laughs> completely by surprise. <laughs> Uh, which we screened last year. So. <laughs> there you <laughs> go, Ben. <laughs> Smart I was very lucky to see it in um, cinema last year. Inferno, which is what, the second part of the Three Sisters trilogy. Yeah, yeah, which um, that would have been, uh, if, if they had restored it, I think it would have been great to do the trilogy, like Late Night at the Astor or something. That would have been a great thing totally. to do. Totally. Um, I'm, I'm I'm big into America. Tenebrae. That's that's where it's at for me. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I love that film too. I'm yeah. so I haven't seen it. I saw it in the cinema once. We screened it when I worked at Acme. They did it at Freaky Fridays, but it was such a weird screening because the only print we screened a 35 mil print that we found in Italy. But because it was in Italy, they just dubbed the entire film into Italian. So yeah. my colleague Roberta, she. Um, she was is Italian. She did live subtitling throughout the, the film. <laughs> so you were hearing Italian with these English subtitles, even though you know people are speaking English in the film. So uh, <laughs> yeah. cool, actually. <laughs> for me, for me, I really want to check out the um the the was it uh, Do You Love Hitchcock? Oh yeah, yeah. Which I've never seen. I've never seen that film, and I'm I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated to to check it out to see what 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 it's all about, but also. Because we played um, Dark Glasses at Monsterfest a couple of years ago, oh, yeah, yeah, and and Cat of Nine Tails is playing, and I, I, the similarities between those two films mm-hmm. are, are like a pretty pretty kind of amazing. So I mm. I definitely want to kind of revisit that to kind of to do that comparison. Yeah, absolutely. Cat of Nine Tails is great. Uh, um, I hadn't seen that before. Um, mm-hmm starting looking into this program. So that was a real highlight. I, too. I can't remember, Ben. Does does Cat of Nine Tails have a, a sexy swamp scene with eels? <laughs> no not that I can remember. It does have a it does have some sexy Carl Malden scenes. Ah, excellent. Exactly. <laughs> excellent. That's yeah. just all the scenes that he's in. Yeah. Just close yeah. ups of his nose and then you're like, oh. Yeah. Well, knowing knowing the knowing the circles that we revolve around in like that Argento retrospective is probably gonna go pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I've had some, yeah, had some great feedback from people so far. Like at the launch, a couple of people were really excited about it. Um, so yeah, I hope people come out for it. Sure. And the other thing that really caught my attention, because I was a huge fan of his for a long time, still am, I guess, is Wim Wenders has a new film. Um, yeah. Two. That's on my... Two. Oh, yeah. yeah. Two films. Yeah, yeah I only right. picked up on one, which was the um, the Anselm one. Yeah, that that's that's really great. And that's in three oh. days. So that, you know, strongly urge you to get along to that because it's, I don't know where you'll you'll see that again anytime soon, uh, but Perfect Days is also yeah. Perfect Perfect Days is the one that I'm keen to see. <laughs> we both picked up on different ones, <laughs> and they're both they're both great. They're both quite different, but they're really great. Yeah, yeah I just having, I just love his work. Yeah, having just come back from uh, from a, a, a European uh, Odyssey, I I I'm very keen to watch movies about the people who clean toilets. <laughs> it's such a big thing in in Europe. Like that's why you pay. You pay the person there because they clean the toilet right after you, which is great. Cleanest toilets in the world in France and Belgium and stuff. Just horrifying if you don't have change. <laughs> you must be you must be excited for like whatever upcoming you know, anniversary screen of Kenny they they might do in the future. Yeah. <laughs> 
one of the best. Um, and the other thing I wanted to sort of um, ask you about too is the regional screenings. I'm, you know, I'm really excited when you know festivals like this, you know, branch out. And there's like I can't remember the name of the cinema. There's a little sort of a boutique cinema in Geelong. I think the Pivotal or Pivotonian. Yes, Pivotonian. I'm dying to go to that place because it looks amazing. Now, what are some of the other um, retro or sort of um, regional centres that are the festivals at? Yeah, so we go to Castlemaine, you know, the Theatre Royal in Castlemaine. They're always mm -hmm. a really good supporter. And really quite fortunately this year, two of our Bright Horizons filmmakers actually live in the area. Like Mark cool. Leonard Winter lives in, I think, Dalesford or Hepburn Springs or somewhere like that. And um, Nura Nizari lives in Castlemaine. So we're going to, there's, there's films will screen there, but there's also going to be a regional talk um, at that centre too, um, which is pretty exciting because we don't always get to do that kind of thing, just getting people out to the regions. Mm -hmm. uh, we go to Bendigo with the Eagle Hawk Cinema in Bendigo. Um, I don't know if you know that place. It's very cool. It's like a, it's an old hall with a bunch of couches. Um, I've not been there, no. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's very nice. It's a very cool um, little cinema. Um, where else do we go? That's <laughs> <laughs> sprung, out, sprung out on you. <laughs> have, yes, that, um, have we, we've been to Mildura in the past. I can't remember if we're going there this year, though. Um, I think you, um, your website has a regional tab there that people can explore as well. Yeah, exactly. So get, get on. Jump <laughs> <laughs> on the website. You know, that's how we should have started the, the whole conversation. Just <laughs> look it up yourself. <laughs> yes, make sure you go to... Um, Miff.com.au uh, <laughs> slash regional. Oh, yeah, we're going to Wachuca, Warrnambool. Um, Amazing. Rosebud, Bright. We're going back to Bright this year, which is really nice. Bright is a beautiful um, centre. I went up there a few years ago when we did it. It's an old Masonic hall mm -hmm. that they use for their cinema now. So it's quite small, but it's it's really great. I love that part. Because you used to do the, you used to, like, there used to be post Miff, there used to be like a kind of a travelling. Yeah, went around, but they were never uh, day and date with the Melbourne. Festival. No, it was always after, and we'd kind of divvy it up like who would go to which centre. Um, and that was the year of the merger. I went up to write to present the merger. Damien um, Callanan was there to give a Q and A for it, which was really fun. But it's quite nice. I think we kind of did this during COVID too because we were online. Um, it seemed like a really nice thing to keep our regional program happening at the same time as MIF. So we have this collective experience as, as a state. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and, you know, regional viewers can get on social media and feel like they're part of the conversation at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Um, something that's very fascinating is that cinema tickets in general are going up all around the place, you know, whether it's Australia or, you know, elsewhere in the world. But the value of your tickets is amazing in comparison to all of that. You know, like um, people going to IMAX to see Oppenheimer could be paying up to $65 per ticket, right? <laughs> so, and the fact that you've got all these fantastic packages, like people should really embrace and see as much as they possibly can. Absolutely. The more you see, the more you save. Like you can. <laughs> You're a good saleswoman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I put the pitch down perfect. Oh, funny. <laughs> Um, we will, uh, we'll wrap things up in a moment, but I've, I've asked Ben to compile his top five picks from the, the program or the, the calendar of, uh, Mif, and I'm curious to know what he's keen to see. And I'm going to, I'm going to run through mine and feel free to comment on any as we go, but do you want to, what's your number? What's, we'll start with number five, Ben. What's your, 
Oh, oh, these aren't in any order, and I can't. We've kind of talked about a couple of them already. Same so, with mine. Yep. Um, but I can I can swap some out actually. I'm kind of keen to see the the restoration of I don't even know if it's a restoration, but the Millennium Mumbo screening, the oh, yeah. the, the, the Taiwanese uh, film with Shi Chu Chu Chi Chu. I can't pronounce her name. <laughs> Awesome. from transporter which i i was very disappointed isn't mentioned in her credits on the myth website <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i remember that when that played originally at myth 15 20 years ago wanting to see it and then finally it took me it took me about that long to track down a dvd of it uh which i still haven't actually watched <laughs> so now i get to watch it in the cinema again so it's great <laughs> Awesome. I'm going to dive into that a little bit because I didn't pick up on that on the program. Um, the Carnival is one I'm really keen to see, which is the documentary. Um, that world fascinates me, so I'd love to love to watch that one. Um, is, have you seen that one? Like, is it? Um... No, I have my colleague uh, watched that one, but that one's that one's um, fascinating me too because mm. I'm yeah. It's a I'm take it. It's a Carnival workers. So I think it's it's a family that's like that that yeah. is you know in the in the circus industry and just the life of and the difficulties and and whatnot of the industry. So so right, so a good companion piece to Elvis Presley's Roustabout, <laughs> which I like to. <laughs> no, yes, <Ben. laughs> okay, I won't be I won't be reusing that joke. There you go. <laughs> uh, what's your next one? Uh. I'm really keen to see, I missed it at Cannes um, and I saw it was playing there a bit and I, I'm dead keen to check it out. It's Riddle of Fire. Oh yeah. I can't wait to see that too. I have not seen that. Which is, looks great. It's like a, these bunch of kids who, uh, who want to play video games and their mum sends them out on a, on a mission to bring her back some pie. And that turns into basically a, a, this video game-esque odyssey, uh, which yeah, I, I'm, I'm dead keen to see. That sounds amazing. I'm gonna I'm gonna bump that in place of Tenebrae because number three was gonna be Tenebrae. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it that now. <laughs> I just included that whole Dario Argento retrospective as one oh, radio one yes. thing because I was like, you can't oh, pick between. Anyone. I won't physically be able to get to all of those, so I had to pick one. <laughs> um, May December, the one with um, Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. I'm keen on that's Todd Haynes. I love him and I love the sound of the story. Yeah, it's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, I did, I did see that. That's high camp fun. Oh, I can't. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> there seems to be. There's a couple of because I noticed there's a, there's also the um the new Catherine Brillet film, and oh, she, yeah. I mean she always does movies about older women having sex with younger <laughs> younger men. Yeah, but there seems to be really, a bit of a. Don't you find they they never really look like they're having a great time? No. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I, it's good. Yeah. No, I I firmly believe that Catherine Ryan does a great bit about um why women don't necessarily want younger men because she's like, yeah, that's all I need. Someone else to to look after and, and teach things to. Like I don't like I don't have enough to do. <laughs> Sounds like Barbie in the movie. Yeah. Well Leia Leia Druck is all, all in on it. So yeah. <laughs> awesome. What else you got there, mate? Uh well one that I'm pretty sure is on your list, uh Glenn is Blackberry. No, it's I'm not. It's not. You're not but, on your list. I'm dead no, keen to see Blackberry. To. Yeah. It's so good. It's really good. <laughs> that was that was on my long list of things to recommend. It's it's hilarious. Um if you're a it's always Sunny in Philadelphia fan, and even if you're not, you will be because Glenn Howerton is really like tearing up the scenery in this one. It's he's really great. 
They're all great, actually. Everyone's good in it. I have to say, I'm really getting into this kind of modern, you know, idea of these, you know, uh, business biopics. <laughs> like the HBO used to kind of do them as made for TV yes. movies, like Pirates of Silicon Valley, Night Shift, Night Shift, and stuff yeah. like yeah, Late Shift, I should say, Late Shift. Sorry, yeah. uh, stuff Night like Shift that. is so, a totally yeah. different workplace. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, well, my other two, just I'll run them off. Where we've already spoken about them was Mutiny in Heaven, and um, definitely with Love to the Person Next to Me. Like that is just like I can't explain how excited I'm for that particular one. <laughs> I'm so pleased to hear that. Yeah, I'm really, I hope people come along to that. What I love about chatting with you is how excited you get at the name of movies. Like I could drop <laughs> a name at the movie and you get excited and that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and that's, it's the great thing about working with people that are just as into it as me. Um, and that's how I get, keep things in my head because I can turn to my colleagues at any point and go, oh, I remember when we saw this and wasn't it great? And you can just keep, the memories going for it. So, so. Yeah, all three of us sort of work in jobs that revolve around movies and watching movies. And how do you differentiate work from pleasure? Like, do you have to switch off and watch junk films, or like, how do you relax? No such thing as junk films. No, no you no. know what I mean, Ben. But we I, love the junk. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all in, <laughs> all in for trash, um, all the time. Really, <laughs> it, it's nice to, um, like, particularly watching a heavy like Sergi Loznitska film or something. And then, mm. I don't know, I watch Palm Springs or, you know, it's something that I know well, but it's trash, but it's good. Yeah. But it, yeah. Um, you need a palate cleanser. We say you trash affectionately, you know. One way or the other. And TV is good. Like TV shows help too, even if it's just like a half hour of mindless whatever. That's a good So cleanser. what happens to your psyche when Myth is all done and dusted, you've wrapped up for another year, you haven't quite started on the next year? Like, where does your brain go? Do you have to take time out? Do you go away? Uh, yeah, I, I try and go away um, and just not do much at all. I went to, I think it was Bali last year, and I, I really, all I did was sleep, swim, <laughs> and eat. Awesome. Um, and it was, it really was. And I kept thinking, why don't I do this every year? Like, it's such a perfect <laughs> level up. Really did you go to one of those, like, the resorts where you, you didn't, you never have to leave the resort? You just, and it's no, like. It, it was a bit more low key than that. Like, it was a, a much quieter town up in the hills, um, but also near beach. Um, uh, yeah, because I, I like to go walking. And so mm. I did that too. But yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, um, we know how busy you are. Um, we will let you run, but thank you so much for the chat. We're very excited about this program and I can't wait to get along. Yeah, great. Awesome. And uh, take care. I hope everyone gets along. Go to that website. It's myth.com.au. Yeah, myth.com.au. Come see some films. One thing we actually we forgot to mm, do was yeah. was we did ours, but Kate... Kate had actually had had actually put aside don't, uh, don't sh- ten films. Don't shoulder the blame. I'm the one that wrapped that up. <laughs> you wrapped it up, but it, I can see why you did it because it just flowed naturally to kind of end it like that. Yeah, but um, you know, I, mean? I, I look did... for a spot every time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah you, the minute the minute we start, you're trying to figure out a way to end it. <laughs> well, yeah, because like, no. I reckon I reckon sure. uh, I reckon Christopher Nolan should hire you hire you as his editor because <laughs> he just goes, you know what, mate, we could we could just end this like now. I'm always looking for a pivot. It'd be great. Yeah, I'm always looking for a pivot. But she did give me her uh, her uh, uh, ten new titles to check out at MIF. All right, and they are like La Camera, 
Robot Dreams. Robot Dreams did uh, was all the rage at Khan, which and it looks fantastic, a fantastic looking film. Yep. Uh, Mutt, Shut Eye, Allensworth, Smoke Sauna Sisterhood, which looks like a, a reimagining of steaming <laughs> to me. Sounds great. <laughs> uh, the Delinquents. No, it's not the car. Oh. No, but I was. <laughs> My, my, when she sent me the list, my first thing was, I, I didn't see it in the restoration section. Is it the Kylie Minogue film? No. Mm. Uh, the Eternal Daughter, Showing Up, and Hello Dankness, which looks great. Sounds great. That's a good title. Yeah. Um, fantastic. And Kate, if you're listening, thank you so much for the chat. I like, really appreciate it. Sorry I cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> but as we said in the interview, um, go to miff.com.au. Uh, go through the whole program, like really do a deep dive and, and look what it's on offer. And I would say, yeah, I would, when it comes to that too, I would say don't just look at the program sections because there are actually a lot of films that aren't in those sections yeah. that are just in the general program. Correct. And there's some great stuff in there to check out. Awesome. Now you know what time it is. Boneheads. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. And Chad, please do us the honors of explaining what this week's topic is because <laughs> you picked it. <laughs> I feel only you can do it in your own words. So I wanted to come up, I thought of this as a good topic of best use of a household appliance in a movie. Yes. Because there are a lot of movies where the household, a household appliance plays a very important part. Yes. So I wanted to see what you guys pick versus what I pick. So I would like you all to go first if you do if you don't mind. I am going to steal one of yours because it is one of your favorite quotes and from one of your favorite movies, but the toaster from Scrooge is one of the best use of a household item. The bitch hit me with a toaster. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Why, Chad? Why are you laughing so you'll hard? You'll see you'll see when it gets to my pick. Can I have a second real quick since I was so quick? Yeah. The dildo in parenthood. Technically not an appliance, but kind of. It's a, no, I said household item. So it's, it's a, a household it's item. It's a vibrator. <laughs> and when they're trying to turn on the lights going, I found the flashlight. I, in 1989, didn't know what it was. And didn't right. get choked to later in life. Yeah, Chad. I didn't either. <laughs> James, go. James. You know, I, I've got a couple, but I'm going to go with with a classic because you know, you know, your microwave serves so many purposes, right? You got your microwave, you, you got some popcorn, you're trying to have your popcorn, then these gremlins come in and you <laughs> pop them right that in was the number microwave, two for me. That and you microwave the gremlin until it's done. The only reason I went with the other one was because it has the great line: "The bitch hit me, bitch with, hit me the with the toaster." Yep. So, so my pick involved a toaster, but yeah. not that toaster and not that Bill Murray. I was trying to bring up the toaster from Ghostbusters 2. So what? Or, or that's not the end of it. We but could I, talk about Bill Murray using the toaster in Groundhog Day. He oh, kills himself with the toaster, the toaster. in Groundhog Day. What yeah, is but, it with Bill Murray and toasters? I don't know. He must really hate toast. Mm. Or really, See, I'm, I, so, I'm shocked none of you went with uh, no, the blender from Dead Alive. No, I'm gonna. So, because Joe brought up a toaster, I'm gonna bo uh, bring up my second pick, and I think it tops all of your alls. What's worse than a toaster? What's worse than a microwave? How about a demonic lamp? From Amityville, Amityville, the evil escapes. Yeah, that lamp is a some bitch, some bitch and lamp. Fuck that fucking lamp. lamp. It doesn't even, it's not even a functional lamp. I mean, it's literally just a, it looks like a piece of wood. It branches out. It has two light bulbs and at the top, it has a light bulb. 
But man, that lamp does some mean shit. Fuck that lamp. That I mean, it would, you know what? what it did to poor Patty Duke. Patty Duke just cut her finger on it. Next thing you know, her hands infested. It's all the way going up. And then she eventually dies. And not yeah. to mention the fact that there's it makes a hand, a severed hand come out of a tube onto a plumber's mouth when that pipe is obviously way too small for that hand. That means that she can't raise Samwise Gamgee. No. Yeah, well, I tell you what, I'm gonna get in a fridge and be safe because you can nuke a fridge and nothing happens to you. This has been Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. We hope this has been silly for you. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh my first recommendation ben that's what we're doing here we're recommending movies and my first one is completely inspired by myth this week oh and coincidentally fits right in with the nuclear theme we did before um it's a movie i um i spoke about when we talked to kate but um that movie i was really looking forward to is what led me to this so with love to the person next to me the, the kim gidgel restored aussie film really looking forward to it um that is as i said my favorite era of uh, aussie cinema the 80s and this one is right from that time. It's from 1987, uh, and it does have Kim Gidgel in it, and it's Ground Zero with um, Colin um, Frills. Colin Frills. I did see you. I've never heard of this film. I've never seen it, but I did see you post that you're, you know, tonight's film. I did see that. You that saw post me on researching. The, I saw. Yeah. <laughs> you're not as you're not as you're not as uh, conscientious as Mel, who no. just blocks us from social <laughs> media. While she's doing it, so she can tell everyone else, but just not us. Yeah, uh, but like, I just want to quickly talk about Kim Gidgel again. He's not the star of this film, but he's in it as like a, a cop. He's a bit character, and he, like I said, with Mark Mitchell, it's weird to see them together. Yeah, what an incredible actor! Like, I just want to put that out there. Like, if you don't know who he is, look him up and go back to his '80s stuff. It's the I best. honestly don't know why, mm. but I was convinced that he was dead. All oh, right, because he went to Ashwood Secondary College. Kim Gidgel was oh, the. And which is a high school I went to. He yeah. was the only person of note to ever come out of oh, Ashwood. Oh, man. No, he's back, I think back when it was, before it was Ashwood Secondary College. When still it was doing great things. He really impressed me recently in season two of China Girl, the one with Elizabeth Moss. Oh, right. He plays like the owner of a brothel, but a really sort of a sleazy but nice guy. He's fantastic in it. Who says, why can't sleazes be nice? <laughs> That's right. But this movie, Ground Zero, 1987, it stars Colin Friels, Jack Thompson, and Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasance has made a few Aussie films. Um, I think and he just it, liked a good holiday. He did, and but he does a good Aussie accent. That's yeah. what does it. That's what seals the deal because he does one in this. Uh, the, the gist of the movie is it's about a cinematographer played by Colin Friels who discovers that he's in possession of top secret footage that his father had filmed from the 1950s of secret um, sort of tests and experiments that the British government were doing. Um, in the middle of Australia. And um, they were nuclear tests and it was supposed to have been urban legend at that point in time. But And this is a real thing that actually happened. Yeah. Um, Maralinga was the name of the place. And if you look up Maralinga... Mal Meninga. <laughs> he was responsible. Give yourself, a, give your girlfriend a Mal Meninga. Do you that's, remember that? Uh, that, that used yeah, to be the... That's why he quit politics <laughs> five minutes after joining. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Ever seen that? Yeah, no. So oh, let's have a bit of a tangent just for a Give second. A Mal Meninga, he was a rugby player for people that don't know. And... He joined politics in the early 2000s, I think it was, and he got up there to do his speech, like why he's joined, welcome to the party. He gets up in front of the cameras and 10 seconds in, he just gets sweaty, wipes his brow and says, no, I'm done. And he just walked off and that was the end of his career. Wow. And it's glorious to see. Absolutely glorious. Panic attack central. Uh, Anyway, back to ground zero. So the British were doing nuclear tests uh, in the middle of the outback and um, this movie is all about Colin Fields trying to expose or trying to find the one reel of tape that doesn't he doesn't have in his possession but he's he gets phone calls from a weird voice that leads him to where it might be 
Right. And he gets to the outback. Donald Pleasance is someone that was on the tapes as a young man. He's now an old man. And it goes right into thriller territory. With Do they de-age Donald Pleasance? Or they just have someone else play? No, he, he plays the younger self. It's very clever because they've when he's old in the film, he's got a big bushy beard because he's living a hermit life in the outback. But the footage of him back in the nuclear days, he's smart dressed, clean shaved, and right. the footage is really grainy. So they do they it do it well. I was actually, I wonder if that's, you know, that's something that hasn't been brought up in the current actor strikes. Yeah. <laughs> with that de-aging used to be that another actor would get the job playing the young version. Now they just de-age them. They're taking someone's job. I prefer the former. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, um, one thing I, I've, I've mentioned recently to somebody is uh, Donald Pleasance has this thing with eyes. Like he has the craziest freaking eyes in cinema history, I think. And in this film, they do so they do close ups right on his eyes as he stares down Colin Friels, who's telling a story, and it's just it's all, it's terrifying. He's not a scary character, but like there's yeah. something behind there. Like when you watch him in something like uh, The Great Escape, and you see him standing next to James Garner, like yeah. he's like five foot tall. <laughs> he's a tiny man. Yeah. But he's fantastic. And anyway, like I said, this film does descend into real thriller territory. You've got government helicopters flying everywhere. So then this is his second film with uh, Jack Thompson too. Yeah. Because they did Wake in Fright Wake together. Fright. And didn't he do the Yankee Zephy one or whatever it was? The Yankee oh, Zephy yeah. Race, to Yankee, race, yeah. race for Yankee Zephy. Yeah, yeah. He's done it. He's done, I think he's done one other, other than that as well. But anyway, I'm dabbling. That's Ground Zero, 1987. Get on it. YouTube have it for free. Pretty good copy of it too. Like there's a few versions on YouTube. One of them in particular is widescreen. It's clean. Yeah, nice. check it out. Nice. Yes, your turn. Well, <laughs> I actually did not <laughs> get... No, it's not that I didn't... I, I was conscious <laughs> of it, but I just haven't been able to... Like, between watching the movies that we're going to talk about later, the new release films, and MonsterFest programming and Canine Emergencies, <laughs> I just yeah. have not had a chance to actually watch... To really watch anything. Not that that's ever stopped me before. Well, I usually I, just pick a... Uh, I just had an idea. Had an idea. So what we can do every week, when I get to this part of the show, I have a pre-recording that says, so Ben, what have you got? <laughs> yeah, and I've got nothing. No, I'll just, no actually, the, the recording should be, um, I've actually... And then yeah. you can just finish the sentence. Because <laughs> it's usually yeah. not prepared or haven't thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But I did watch... I did watch a fantastic episode of Murder, <laughs> She Wrote this morning. <laughs> Was it one of the movies? No, I do have the movies, <laughs> but no, this is a, this is a, an episode from season two, mm. and it's the murder she wrote does women in prison does does WIP. Oh. Jessica Fletcher goes; she takes a friend is sick, so she decides to take over her creative writing class in a women's prison, <sighs> and while she's there, there's a murder, and then the prisoners take over the prison and hold everyone hostage. Because they're not satisfied with who the warden says is guilty. This is amazing. It is. It is a fantastic episode. But the cast, the tell cast. Me, tell claim, me about it, mate. The cla- The cast includes uh, Adrian Barbeau as one of the prisoners. Eve Plum, J- aka Jan Brady, is one of the prisoners. Uh, Vera Miles is the warden. Uh, who else? Susan Oliver is great. Mary Warrenov is a prison guard. Well, that's a that's a given. Uh, that's, a, like a given. A <laughs> that's, that's the role she was born to play. <laughs> yes. um, Darlene Conley, who has played the the uh, major villain, I believe, in The Bold and the Beautiful for like forty years. Okay, she's she pops up in it as a um, as a 
she's like the greengrocer who kind of delivers fresh produce to the prison. <laughs> but it is it's like a fantastic episode. I, 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 the best thing about watching these shows, yeah. Murder She Wrote, Quantum Leap, the, the, the guest before they were famous, Love Boat is that yeah is the well even the or or they're at the end of their career guest and they're the just week. doing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just so like I just I literally pick what episode to watch based on who the guest cast are going to be. You, you you briefly mentioned Love Boat there. Do you remember like when there was a guest spot? Like they all of the characters in the intro had like a little circle that appears on the screen with their face yeah. in it, and the, the the guest of the week always does like a thumbs up or yeah. <laughs> a salute. Which, I wish they did that in Murder She Wrote. Do you reckon? Even if they get killed, this episode of Murder She Wrote. Was it eighties? Yeah, this is they? this is eighty five. So this would have come after Prisoner. Do you reckon it took cues from Prisoner? The Aussie program. Uh no. Look, look, no. They're a lot nicer. They're <laughs> they're they're genuinely interested in their well, creative so, writing class. So Jessica Fletcher doesn't get shanked or anything like that. No, no. she doesn't get shift, she, she shift, doesn't get uh, she doesn't get manipulated. So we shall we say <laughs> in the uh, in the ironing room. I said shanked. Like they yeah. might have been serving shanks that day. I don't uh, know. But the, 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 you know, just as a as a thing. So that the next episode after that, could they play at the end of the. So they said, you know, next week on Murder, She Wrote, had uh, John Aston, uh, Paul Benedict, Tom Bosley, who was a kind of a regular on the show as a sheriff. Uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Parker Stevenson. Right. And, uh, Chris, geez, Christopher Stone, Dee Wallace's husband, is in it. <laughs> and Howard Witt. Yep. Howard Witt, who played uh, Bart in Mr. Boogity with John Aston. There you go. Which it, it's like a... Every episode is like this. Like you've successfully achieved bringing television into a movie show. I know it's something you've you've uh, vehemently <laughs> <laughs> resisted. I didn't have a choice no, this time. No, this is like it's, it's all I've watched. I'm it's literally it. all I'm I've watched it. this week. I haven't even watched episodes of other TV shows. <laughs> That's all right. I love Murder She Wrote, so I got no problem with that one. That brings us to the end of the show, though. Maybe you could sing us out with the uh, the Murder She Wrote theme song. You do it and I'll wrap it up. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. It's been fantastic. Uh, don't forget goodmoviemonday.com. That goes to all our socials. I can't remember exactly um, how it goes. Thank you to K Fitzpatrick for having a chat about me. Keep going. No, that's all I can remember. Uh, it's been fun. Thank you, man. Thank you for another one. And, and you've been behaving so well on this episode. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. Like I was going to talk about. You know, I I even held back saying that uh, <laughs> that uh, Jessica Fletcher got you know fingered in the women's prison, and I <laughs> I resisted. Go. Bam! We are <laughs> done for the week. We're going to leave you with Dragon, Wilder World from Street Hero, another classic eighties uh, Vince Colissimo films. I Actually, uh, at Monster Fest weekend uh, the other week, uh, at the end of the festival, yep. I was walking down the stairs at the old uh, Cinema Nova, yep. and who was sitting at the cafe down the bottom? Street but, Hero, uh, but the Street Hero himself, looking a bit. Uh, Disheveled. Well, and if you've ever seen the poster for this, Ben is on the front. And uh, thanks, everyone. Have a good one. <laughs> I wish. <laughs>